Well, hello, goblins and ghouls. So recently I talked about how the past few years taught me that people's judgments cannot always be trusted. Granted, I always knew that before, but man, the years 2016 through 2021 and beyond were some real reminders. The anti-vaxxers' uncompromising mischaracterization of vaccines has had real consequences, too, and one of those is simply that it made me more misanthropic. I, I really did not think the anti-vax thing would take off quite the way it did, but it sure did. I knew there were some anti-vax people out there, but to see so many and to know they were increasingly having political success, well, that just registered to me as being gross. It was like a festering abscess in many social circles, and it was contagious. And obviously it relied on the internet to spread. Honestly, it was ironic seeing all of these right-wingers who used to belittle to belittle liberals for wanting safe spaces, suddenly demanding unsafe spaces where they could feel safe to further, and in some ways even deliberately, spread the coronavirus. And yes, I, I won't walk that back. I remember that was actually happening. I do, in fact, remember some prominent right-wingers saying quite literally that they want everyone to get it while simultaneously rejecting vaccines, as if that would be some sort of amazing, workable plan. But of course, all of that anti-science stuff also happened while a lot of this transphobic, anti-choice, anti-gay stuff started resurging as well. So how bad has it gotten? Well, for example, Texas has decided to utilize the general public as bounty hunters to enforce their dangerous anti-abortion plans. And I guarantee you that if some of these people have their way, they'll recruit more and more neo-Nazi-style mobs to harass gay and trans people as well. In fact, that has already been underway to some degree, but I expect, to get, I expect it to get much worse, unfortunately. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. You might be like, Wade, you are cisgender. Why do you care? Well, not only am I still a progressive overall, but I also can't help but see how all of these anti-science and anti-freedom things truly are tied together. So I get that some people might criticize me for not paying enough attention to the plight of, oh, I don't know, let's say black trans folks or, or whatever, either on my blog or on social media or this podcast. And if I'm being honest, I don't even like the term cisgender and allies. You know, I don't like the ally thing is just kind of corny to me. It's like a it's like a communist calling me a comrade or something. It just it's it's just kind of corny. And for some people, the fact that I don't like the very term cisgender and that I hate how it was a term that I never heard before and then suddenly heard it everywhere and people acted like it was always commonly used, yet yet I was the weird one for scratching my head about it. Well, for some people, my pointing that out would be another strike against me. 
But, you know, that's not my point here. That's not uh, the main focus. It, it is timely and necessary to unify against all of these forms of bigotry, against the LGBT community and the layers of racism that have become way more prominent in recent years. And I think we've all seen it. It's right there before beady little eyes. We can all observe what is happening right now. I don't think I need to exactly go to great lengths to defend these talking points. And look, in a way, the critique of abortion is like a critique of women's bodies, right? I, I know that sounds like sort of a feminist talking point, and I suppose it is, but I also just think it's true. I can totally see that ostensibly leftist talking point because really childbirth is intrinsically a part of women's bodies and women's health. And these people who say no abortions under any circumstances, they're considered radical for a reason. Because even a quick bit of research tells you that sometimes abortion is even medically necessary to save the life of the mother. And that is true. You know, it's not some, it's not necessarily even like some uh, pro-choice talking point or whatever. It's just factual. Now, some critics will say, but that's in rare cases. But first of all, it's not as rare as some would suggest. Plus, even if it is rare, that still means it sometimes happens. In other words, we cannot reasonably and fairly criminalize all abortions and free women who have them as if they're cold-blooded murderers, right? Because, in a, in a manner of speaking, if it's actually to save their lives, it's even actually like a form of self-defense. Not, not that the baby's like attacking them or anything, but you know, you know what I mean? Like medically, um, I would make that choice if I could give birth and I was pregnant and found out that, Hey, the, uh, the baby could kill you if you have it. I think I would actually make that choice. All right. Uh, but then we get into the Republican hypocrisy regarding trans and gay issues. These I'm sorry to call them dumb, but these dumb right-wingers named Hodge Twins who are on Twitter and YouTube and a bunch of other places, uh, they said on Twitter, quote, you are a sick pervert if you are taking your children to a drag queen show. So my response to that was, look up Dennis Hastert. You know, I, if I remember correctly, he was the Speaker of the House for... A number of years for the Republican Party got into some uh, child molestation uh, trouble some years later. And I also noted that, hey, if you're concerned about uh, being sick perverts, you could also look up how Trump, Trump was saying that he has sex in common with his daughter in an inter interview on the Wendy Williams show. And uh, I also noted how you can look at what Republicans want to do in Florida. And I showed them an article titled, Florida Lawmakers Pass Bill That Legalizes Teen Genital Inspection. And that's true. That's part of their anti-trans bill. So, so to me, you know, 
making it so that you ha that you have to like look at the genitals of a of a teen athlete. That's a little bit worse than like maybe attending a drag show, especially if like the show is actually toned down for a general audience that might include children. Um, but someone still responded to me and, you know, they, they said, oh, it, it's necessary and high schoolers do have medical examinations, etc., etc." But I had to ask them, and this is quoting myself here, how is it more offensive for a teacher in a Florida school to merely acknowledge gender, gender identity down in Florida? How is that more offensive than for a school to literally inspect a high schooler's genitals just so they can play sports. Personally, I would find one of those worse than the other, right? Merely being in a teacher position and acknowledging the existence of gender identity, you know, being able to say, hey, you've got a mom and a dad, or you might have two moms or two dads or, or whatever, um, or referring to, you know, one's sexuality or um, the, the mere existence of mothers and fathers. That's, um, to my mind, not worse than, you know, the school looking at what a student has. So I also added, and by the way, even if you are examining students, there are ways of determining fairness, as in competition, that don't involve investigating a high schooler's thingamabobs. So you can actually look at testosterone levels and testing one's physical capabilities, which can be non-invasive options. But the GOP wants to sneak a peek, apparently. And, you know, I stand by those comments. And that's true. From what I, under from what I understand... If they did want to look at testosterone levels, that only requires a blood test. Now, I also get that there are some who criticize the testosterone tests as well. And there are people who will criticize just about anything for that matter. But the point is, why not favor that admittedly less than perfect approach rather than, you know, looking at genitalia? It's because, frankly, Republicans want to make trans people afraid. They want them bullied. They want them unwilling or unable to participate in social functions. And th this wound up including not only sports, but anything else. Basically, they just want trans people to no longer exist. And... Uh, if you if you really want to catch a glimpse of that reality... Uh, you, I recommend looking into something Candace Owens said, you know, who's sort of a right-wing darling. Um, she's just horrible. But anyway, she actually tried to claim that the school shooter in Uvalde, Texas, was transgender, which was totally untrue. Uh, it was made up online. It was a fabrication. But did Candace Owens apologize or retract her claim? Nope. She actually doubled down on it because that's the new approach in Donald Trump's post-truth, post-ethics era. And uh, she she said that because I, here I'm, I'm it's going to be sounding like I'm too 
dramatic again, but she said that because she actually is supporting a genocidal worldview. Because, I, I mean, just think about it. Read between the lines there. She's trying to tell you that if a person is transgendered, then, you know, they might be violent. They might shoot up a school, you know, or, or something like that. You can't trust these people. They're, uh, they're obviously a danger. That's really the message she's saying. So what, what she really means is, you know, put them in mental hospitals, maybe put them in jails, maybe do some more Hitler-esque things with them. That's basically what she's getting at. And look, I'm not Mr. Radical Feminist over here. I don't have all of these talking points down perfectly. I really am just a guy in the upper Midwest in basically a small city. And, and I'll be damned if I don't see these issues as being connected anyway. You know what I mean? It's They're just plain to see. And honestly, I don't really care that much about sports. Never been a sports fan. I'm not anti-trans which is why I normally wouldn't really care that much about these issues and, you know, regarding sports or whatever. And I, I barely have a horse in this race, but I still know that this does not bode well for the future when you have people like Candace Owens really uh, spreading these hateful lies about people. And I see just how much the far right is clinging to these anti-trans issues and running with them for a thousand miles. So it's it should be alarming, even the people who didn't necessarily care about these trans issues before, because it's signaling that they're going to really uh, do some probably twisted things with these ideas if they can get away with it. And... Uh, it also seems to me that trans people to the right wing are maybe a radical extension of the female experience and also that they seem to see being a woman as some kind of sickness or a disease. Uh, perversely, in the name of freedom, no less, these far-right extremists want to be gatekeepers for how you are even able to identify yourself. And, and, and let me put it like this. You know, let's say I decided or whatever to identify myself in this way or that. Well, why should anybody care? That's like freedom, right? Um, if that's how I feel, then why do these supposed freedom-loving Republicans care so much about it? And it's, it's for those reasons I stated earlier. They want power to uh, impose their cultural views on others and um, possibly commit violence. It's that quest for power uh, really above anything else. It's not, it's not so much about principles. It's uh, the feeling of moral superiority, you know, and you can crack the whip against people that you don't like. Now, I do know a trans person or two. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I'm completely out in the wilderness or whatever. So when I worked as a substitute teacher, one of the students happened to be trans, and also by sheer coincidence, he ended up being a co-worker of mine when I briefly worked at a Chinese restaurant. I was a lowly dishwasher, <laughs> so it was kind of awkward having this person, you know, who was a former student, 
actually work with me in a restaurant. That was interesting. But I have to say that even though I didn't know a single other trans person at the time, um, I had no problem with that person. You know, there was, they didn't do any wrong with me. I had a few conversations with them. Can't say I really, can't say I really knew them that well or whatever, but no problem. And I, I really would not care how they identified. You know, I have bigger fish to fry than to worry about all that. So again, why do these right-wingers care so much? It's because they want to manipulate and control people based on sex and gender issues. It's a way for them to attain more power for themselves. They want to dominate women and rigidly enforce uh, heteronormativity through law. Which, by the way, is not even particularly conservative as that has nothing to do with self-government or small government, and it has everything to do with government actually micromanaging people's lives, their mental and physical health, their personal perceptions, and how they present themselves to the world. It is not freedom to regulate that stuff. It is a restriction on freedom. All right? It is, by its very nature, government regulation. Or if it's actually not the government regulation per se that we're discussing, it's still someone imposing their own cultural views and restrictions on others' behavior rather than minding their own business. So like a, a very traditional conservative point of view regarding government is that indeed a government will largely stay out of people's personal lives and mind its own business. So going back to abortion, again, I know that there were these anti-choice people in the world before, you know, the Supreme Court decision, and that uh, really obviously helped pave, way, pave the way for that. But if you look at Texas's pro-life heartbeat bill, as it's called, it's obviously anti-choice as fuck. But to see so many of these de developments taking place at once in 2022 and beyond, it, it makes me wince. And here's an interesting bit of history to go along with all of the things I've said already. In an article for the American Historian called Abolishing Abortion, the History of the Pro-Life Movement in America, Jennifer L. Holland goes over some of the history of abortion noting that, and I'm quoting now, before 1840, abortion was a widespread, largely stigma-free experience for American women, and the phenomenon of quickening is mentioned. So she says, quickening occurred when the pregnant woman could feel the fetus move, typically between the fourth and sixth month of pregnancy. This was the only way, or the only sure way to confirm pregnancy, before this time, any fetus was considered only a potential life. Women most often used her herbal concoctions they had learned from other women, healers or physicians. And post-quickening abortion was a crime, but only a misdemeanor. Also, there's, a, there's this key piece of information that she uh, provides. She says that few abortions were prosecuted before the mid-19th century because quickening was so difficult to prove, 
only women themselves could testify to fetal movement. And I do believe I heard this fact before reading that, that article. And of course, if you have any corrections on that or any modifications, um, you can let me know on social media. Um, but anyway, to know that reproductive freedom is precarious because of many of these goofballs' perceptions, that's also gross to me. And this isn't just some sort of crisis think on my part. People's lives are already being negatively impacted by this stuff. And dare I say it, it's not only, you know, for females or trans or gay people or bi people or, or whatever. They're not the only ones who are going to end up suffering from this, uh, this stupidity, this attempt to set back the clock. If you care about anyone who uh, falls categorically into one of these groups, you will be affected. And eventually, I'm sure you'll even be affected uh, even, even in ways you wouldn't think initially, right? Because one thing we learn about life is that things have a way of coming around to affect you one way or the other. Then, of course, there, there's the fact that these uh, far-right will use these laws as a launching pad for accruing more power to micromanage people's lives in other ways, too. So, of course, these issues are not just going to be for a small group of people. There are things people with a conscience should care about. These efforts to go after people are very gross things. They constitute a moral panic. And they're going to go after any group they don't like next. Just you wait. So I'm, I'm not gay, but I know people who are openly gay. And of course, I've had many straight male friends, as I still do. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like knowing gay people uh, converted me and everybody else I know or something like that. And that's actually one of these uh, talking points that conservatives are sort of bringing back now. Like if you, if you stand with like anybody in the gay community, well, you might become gay yourself. They're like bringing that back in sort of a big way. It's actually not very tricky for me though, as a straight guy to get along with people who are a little bit different. So I've also known lesbians and with all of these people, I've noticed that none of them perfectly fit into all of the stereotypes about their corresponding groups. I also have a gay uncle, and guess what? Never had a problem with him. I get along with him just fine. Not that I know him extremely well, but, you know, I've never heard of anybody really uh, having any major issues with him. Um, I can't think of anything offhand, anyway. Granted, I, I still live in what some would call small-town America, which kind of means that I grew up not seeing things like gay dudes posing proudly with their openly outed pals all over the place. But you know what? I could live with it if things like pride parades became more common where I live. I, I think I'd survive that. At the worst, you know, at my, at my very most bigoted, maybe I would think there is a slight ridiculousness to a parade or an overemphasis on this or that. But you know what? Every time I see a 4th of July parade where I live, 
I get to see drunk-ass people making fools out of themselves. The homophobes can lambaste the occasional excess at a gay event or, you know, clutch their pearls over um, somebody who took things over the line or, or whatever. But <clears throat> I often remember that I once saw a drunk guy pissing near a building during a 4th of July event. He had his pants down and exposed his butt as he took a leak. It wasn't a gay event. It was the 4th of July celebration, you know, the celebration of American freedom. So there were fireworks scheduled that night and everything. There were cop cars and fire trucks and kids and candy. And later on in that, you know, towards the evening, this there was this dude who might have been perfectly hetero, who was drunk off his ass, accidentally showing his ass, and peeing near or maybe on a building. So, I mean, is that perverted or what? Or was that just guy, just some guy being drunk? You know, I mean, if we're going to make mounds out of molehills, you know, we should start throwing the book at people like that too, right? Just maybe uh, make everything more of a shocking and uh, hypersexualized and outrageous spectacle. So if right-wingers were being fair, they would treat that guy like he was public enemy number one, you know, like he was a pervert for having his wiener out and his pants down. And, you know, uh, I have a feeling they would treat him differently because he may have been a heterosexual. So worst case scenario, he might have been arrested if a cop had seen him. But if it was, you know, like during a gay uh, pride event, and there was somebody getting a little too drunk or wild, I'm sure these conservative dollars would be hissing and booing and saying, oh, the poor children. You know, I, well, I think I've labored this point well enough. <laughs> I think I think you get the idea now. So I, as a buddy of mine says, two standards are better than one. And I think that's exactly what that whole incident brings to my mind. So the real issue they have is that people are out of the closet at all. They see the colors of the rainbow and they only see red. They see a Black Lives Matter sign and they're also supposed to be very angry about that. Or what's the word they so often use regarding the left? Oh yes, they get triggered by it. Um, so, you know, lots of crybabies, you know, see, see things like, like this and they... They get so outraged and so offended. Also, let's face it, many of these right-wingers have these negative feelings towards gay people because they're insecure about their own sexuality. To them, because of these so-called Christian values they're brainwashed with, it's comforting to be in the closet. You know, um, they don't like these conflicting feelings and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Still, that doesn't uh, mean their childishness has to be everyone else's problem, right? If you don't like the freedom in this country, you can move somewhere else. That's what I say to these kinds of people. That's right, I'm talking about the dipshit right-wing talking point, and I'm turning it right back around on them. You know, for years I was told things like, if you don't like the Iraq war, just get out of the country you know, or, or, or stuff like that, you know, but that, 
that kind of works both ways. And really, freedom is what they fear the most. Because it means sometimes having to face a few scary, spooky, different people. And uh, if, if you can't do that every so often, I think, I think you're a bunch of wimps. All right? So basically, that's all I have to say on this topic for now. And um, hopefully you agree with me. Frankly, frankly, I don't think I've said anything wrong. I'm kind of losing my voice a teeny tiny little bit um, because I'm getting over a bad cold. But um, yeah, anyway, have a good day.